This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Brett Bartholomew. Brett is a keynote speaker, performance coach, and consultant, best-selling author, and founder of Art of Coaching. His experience includes working with athletes both in the team environment and private sector, along with members of the United States Special Forces and members of Fortune 500 companies. Brett is also a self-published, best-selling author of Conscious Coaching, the Art and Science of Building Buy-In. In this episode, we discuss the value of understanding the drivers of human behavior, and how motivation is unreliable, and why it's a short-term solution to a long-term behavior change. I personally learned a lot from Brett's take on motivation, and it confirmed and made me even question some of my convictions around how to lead and formulate teams. But before we get to this discussion, please take two seconds and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, as this is one of the best ways that you can help support the podcast. But now... It's time to lean in and learn from the best. Brett, as somebody that coached for a long, a long period of time and now leads, you know, a, a tech organization, you're leading people. And we hear a lot about motivation. Uh, books are written on it. You have motivational speakers. Um, and we and I think it's it's said a lot that leaders need to be motivators. Is that the job of a leader to motivate her team? How do we know what drives people? And is it really our job to be motivators or should we seek to find motivated people and empower them? I know that's a loaded question, but I'd love to get your opinion on it. Yeah. Which one do you want me to start with? Let's talk about what drives people. Yeah. Well, I mean, the single greatest factor that impacts uh, anybody's ability to understand a new concept and achieve proficiency in any skill is communication. Uh, if you're looking at what drives people, and we have a quiz on this that uh, for anybody that wants to take it and is super tactical and wants to nerd out, you can just go to artofcoaching.com slash what drives you. Artofcoaching.com slash what drives you. We also have a whole podcast on it. You know, it's important to first help people understand what drives are because it's very different than motivation. And I won't go down that rabbit hole unless that's an area you want to go to. You know, drives, uh, and we talk about this in an online course as well, they are really popularized by Antonio Damasio, a professor of cognitive neuroscience at USC. And this is something I talked about way before my book, Conscious Coaching, even came out. It's a subconscious influencer of behavior. And by and large, drives are housed in the limbic system. And I'm going to generalize here because we're taking a wide-ranging view. And so if people remember from anatomy and physics, physiology, or even if somebody doesn't have a background in that, you know, most people think that, you know, uh, that we're rational beings. We're not. But if we were, the rational part of our brain is the prefrontal cortex or the neocortex, if you want to get really fancy with jargon. Well, it turns out that really that part of our brain is always being influenced by areas of the brain, like the ventral striatum, the hippocampus, essentially, and again, to overgeneralize parts of our brain that deal with uh, memories, uh, reward processing, all this kind of reptilian part of our brain. 
And so that's really where drives live. Now, there are different professors who have different views for anybody that's taken our online course bought in. You will have heard me talk about learn, acquire, bond, defend. And the credence to that goes to Nathan Noria and, and another professor from Harvard Business School. Uh, our drives quiz and what you'll see on what artofcoaching.com, what drives you. And I'm just going to give a sampling and then everybody else can kind of go there because there's six and I want to be conscious of time. For example, one drive can be achievement. So if a listener is somebody that, oh my God, the idea of not making progress of any kind in my day just drives me nuts, right? Whether that's reading 10 pages, whether that's going for a 30 minute walk, whether that's, you know, getting a workout in or, or anything like that. If you are somebody that you have to feel like you're overcoming some kind of inertia every day, achievement drives are really strong in you. Now, like everything I talk about, nothing's in a vacuum. Nobody's ever one drive. It is all situationally dependent. It's the person and the context and the timing and so on and so forth. Uh, another example is an adversity drive. I tend to skew more towards an adversity drive. I am somebody that is very self-competitive. If somebody started artofcoachingbehavior.com, I'm not really going to get mixed up in that. I'm not going to get mixed up in Twitter arguments. There was a time I did, um, but by and large, I'm very competitive with myself, not somebody else. Now, of course that has limits, right? If they insult my wife or, you know, anything like that, or they- Aren't you a boxer, Brett? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but more importantly, I think any good coach, uh, and I, we use coach synonymously with leadership is an adversity drive because you're trying yeah. to help people overcome problems. And in doing so, you need to overcome your own. So if you're self-competitive, you like the, the walls kind of closing in and you're going to fight your way out of the corner, you're that. My wife, on the other hand, Eric, and I'd be interested to hear what you are if you take this quiz, is more of a security drive. Facts, figures, statistics, plans, contingencies, all of that is her warm blanket. She loves having information. She loves having stats. She loves having a plan. Um, the final one I'll give you, and again, just keeping this brief, um, and let's see, which one do I want to give you? Um, let's go with, uh, what, what do we see statistically most coaches? Most coaches are very much um, community driven or you, what we call unity. These are people mm -hmm. that love to be around other people like them, right? Like just this idea of somebody that I can share information with, I can get with, and I can pick their brain. So just a brief sampling, but understanding the nuances of what drives are, how it differs from motivation is critically important before anybody else can kind of talk about building buy-in and, and effective leadership in my opinion. Okay. So if we, by the way, I'm a, I'm going to take this quiz. I think just listening to this, I'm a, I'm like a split between community and uh, competing with myself. Like nothing fires me up more than being around really excellent people that we can just whiteboard ideas. But then my wife would tell you, I would just sit in a room and compete with myself, you know, like trying to, not trying to prove to myself that I can do something. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, as long as I've known you, I mean, your behavior has been a great example of this. You know, you and I both branched off and took unconventional routes in the performance field. And, you know, when I first went out, there were a lot of people that, you know, I think thought that I was coming after their market share because we were talking about more communication, psychology, behavior, and a lot of the industry talked about training. Um, and then there are people that, you know, are really good at doing business with each other and saying your piece of the pie can grow, my piece of the pie can grow. Um, with you, you know, at least so far, you knock on wood, I've never gotten the sense that 
that like, Hey, I'm going to bite off this person's work, make it my, and you know who I'm talking about. There are people that are tremendous pretenders in any industry. There are people mm -hmm. that out there that they just don't want to create on their own because the capacity to create is very difficult. You've always been somebody that's like, Hey, how can we cross promote? How can we do this? You don't have an, a mindset of scarcity. You have a mindset of abundance. And that is usually uh, by and large, a big part of adversity drives because they're not worried about everybody else. They're worried about how can I be my best self? And then also the unity drive that you mentioned, which has to do with community. It's how can I bring other people along with that so that we all win and we all promote each other. And you're freaking good. Um, so if we understand drives, now let's talk about motivation. Imagine a team of world-class coaches and scientists focused only on you. These experts know exactly what you need today because they know precisely what your mind and body are ready for. That kind of guidance is now available to everyone. AIM7 is a wellness app that provides custom exercise recommendations to improve the outcomes of programs and workouts you already love. It unlocks existing data from wearables and other apps to provide empathetic and scientific guidance that's perfectly in tune with your mind and body. Your team of world-class experts is ready to get started. To get early and free access to this exclusive program, go to www.aim7.com. That's A-I-M-7.com and sign up now. There are limited spots available each month, so sign up now and reserve your spot. Now, back to the show. Yeah, if it, uh, I mean, oh, go ahead. do you do you think it's the leader's job to be the motivator? Like, is that their is that part of their role? Is that a big no, part I, of their I, role? I, I think if you look at part of the role, I mean, first of all, I'm going to give you to contextualize my answer. I use Cheryl Coker's definition of motivation, which is really the uh, motivation is an internal condition that incites and directs action or behavior. So I, I look at it this way. If people want to understand uh, without me trying to muddy the waters to make them seem deep, because some will, the biggest, the easiest way to understand the difference between motivation and drives is motivation is temporary. It's short term. Like Zig Zagler said, you know, so is bathing. You got to do it every day, right? Uh, drives are, are a part of a, a more long-term determinant of what, what dictates our behavior, right? If you're somebody that has this, this strong desire to learn and all this stuff, you're always, that, that's going to underpin the vast majority of things you do. Where motivation, I can stoke a lot of selfish motivations and brief motivations in any instant and steer them anyway, right? But there's people that are motivated to act out. Think of a crime of passion, right? People are motivated to do awful, horrendous things because because the social factors, environment, and nuances of the context drive them to do or make them do so. Whereas if you look at the totality of what their behavior has been like the majority of their life, that's more indicative of their drives. So I, I think this is where people need to understand too, you got to be very careful to judge. Think about Hurricane Katrina, where people looted and destroyed. The, the non-discerner would think, oh, all those people are bad, they're evil. But the reality is, is you have no idea what you would be driven to do if you were in some kind of like disaster like that. So those people were motivated by these short-term fear-based, oh, oh my God, this is going to be a huge, like they, they had to do what they had to do. But a lot of these people, you know, if you looked at, they had no criminal record, they had no this. So to say, I mean, by and large, the human, human animal is going to be motivated to do very selfish, awful things uh, if, if circumstances are, are as they, um, circumstances are extreme enough. So think short-term versus long-term. I do think it is, well, I do know, and the research would support not to try to sound like a know-it-all. I'm not, but the research supports if we're being very literal that a leader slash coach's job is to influence. I mean, coaching and leadership is a process of influence and influence is making a change in one psychological environment. 
I need somebody to do quit doing X and start doing Y. So without a doubt, if you put motivation underneath influence, which I would argue that because it's a change in somebody's psychological environment, it is a part of their job. Should it be their responsibility every day? No, I run a company and have four remote employees. It is not my job every day to call and get them revved up and riled up to do their job. Nobody certainly does that for me. Now we can talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation as well, but by and large, it's my job to set the mission, mission, the vision, the purpose. And of course, when we meet weekly, you're going to give them little nuances and directives of behavior. But if you worked for me or I worked for you, Eric, let's go with, I worked for you. And every day you had to get me fired up. I'm a shit employee. You know, that's just the reality of it. I should have some kind of intrinsic motivation. I should have some kind of drive that compels me to do what I want to do. Unfortunately, some of the most seemingly driven people are the ones that pay lip service to being the most motivated, driven individuals often are not. Um, they are as long as it's easy, convenient, cheap, or the like. But when things get dirty, you'll really start to see the difference between those who are motivated and those who are driven. I love how you framed this we got to know what drives people. Motivation is a temporary thing. I think that's why BJ Fogg says you don't want to rely on motivation. You know, it's, he calls it the motivation monkey. Uh, Cause some days it's really high and maybe you can push harder, but if, if motivation is low, you still have to take action. Yep. And so this is um, your idea or your concept, or I don't know if you're taking this from Cheryl, but it doesn't matter. The leader's job is to influence. And part of that is motivation. I think is brilliant. And um, I think our listeners should definitely consider that. Um, go to artofcoaching.com forward slash what drives you take that quiz. And then if somebody's interested in learning more, where should they go? Well, Eric, I, I want to say something too. When they take it, one way that we differentiate from Enneagram, DISC, all those two is don't take it once. We recommend that you take it three times a year minimum in different mood states. The issue without getting too far into the weeds with people when they do this disc assessment, Myers-Briggs, all that, is they take it, it spits out an uh, you know, a ENFJ or whatever the hell you are, and then you think that's that. That is akin to us doing uh, testing an athlete in the weight room in December, right? When uh, just we're talking about a performance context, past life, and then using that information to um, you know program everything off of five, six, seven months down the road. Or if I if I'm a doctor and I look at somebody's ailment and the medication I give them now, right? That that, that is not the medication they should always be on anytime they have a problem that's like this. And so we say, take it when you're in kind of a melancholy state, uh, take it when you're in, in a state where you're particularly enthused or positive, and then take it in something when you're a little bit more neutral. Our staff, we try to, we try to get them to take it about six times a year. We've also counterbalanced the scoring of the answers because people will tend to respond in a way that is uh, aspirational, mm -hmm. right? They'll respond in the way that they want to be seen as. So we've had to account for that to, to a degree, the self-monitoring. And so that's also why you want to get a larger sample size. So that is something we definitely encourage people to do because you never want to take one result with face value. Man, that's really thorough. That's really good too. We're a little so, type A at Art of Coaching. <laughs> well, I could tell and it's good. I, I'm really appreciative of that. So if somebody wants to learn more about motivation drives, what resource would you push them to outside of the survey? Yeah, I would say an easy one, just because I know at least at the time of this recording, travel's still constrained. We have live workshops, but not everybody's going to be able to get to a live workshop. Mm -hmm. So go to artofcoaching.com slash 
courses. Again, that's artofcoaching.com slash courses. And there's a number of courses that talk about that. Now, one that touches on our earliest work in that space would be bought in. And you'll see it when you go there. The one thing I want to make sure people know is just like I can look on my bookshelf and I have books from those in the military and those in the medical world, and I'm not in the military and I'm not in the medical world, you might hear us use the term athlete. You might hear us use the term strength and conditioning. That's the world I came from. That is not meaning that those courses are just for those people. So please mm -hmm. use discernment and know that really, I mean, and you know this, Eric, almost every field has some variation of the same problems, but I just want to make sure that's clear for anybody that feels like, uh, is this just for strength coaches? Is this just for the performance realm? So artofcoaching.com slash courses. Thank you, Brad. If you found today's message to be valuable, please share it. We are a community seeking to make an impact and you can help make an impact by sharing this with a friend or a loved one. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.